0: Africa. Welcome to Daybreak Africa from the Voice of America. I'm Douglas Impuga in Washington. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, and here are some of the stories we're covering this morning. The UN Refugee Agency projects more than two million refugees. Will need to be resettled in third countries of asylum in the year 2023.
1: Of all refugees submitted by UNHCR for resettlement last year, 32% were for survivors of violence and torture.
0: Activists in Botswana urge diamond industry leaders meeting in the country this week to broaden the definition of conflict diamonds following top producer Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I am hopeful that this intersessional meeting
2: will implore you to delve into these rough diamond-related matters, engage
0: and discuss even the most uncomfortable Kimberley process issues. And authorities in Zambia say they have arrested a Chinese citizen accused of selling exploitative videos of Malawian children. Those stories and more coming up here on Daybreak Africa. Stay tuned. Refugee Agency projects more than 2 million refugees will need to be resettled in third countries of asylum in the year 2023, a 36% increase over this year's 1.7 million. Lisa Schlein reports for VOA from Geneva.
1: All of the more than 27 million refugees in the world have fled war, violence, conflict or persecution and need international protection. But some refugees are particularly vulnerable. They include people who cannot return to their home countries, live safely in neighboring countries, or have special needs and disabilities. The UN Refugee Spokeswoman Shabia Amantou says resettlement is a life-saving tool to protect some refugees, those who are most at risk or have special needs that cannot be met in their countries of asylum. Of all refugees submitted by UNHCR for resettlement last year, 37% were for those with legal and physical protection needs, 32% were for survivors of violence and torture, and 17% were for women, adolescents and children at risk. The UNHCR reports the most needs in 2023 will be from countries of asylum across the African continent, closely followed by the Middle East, North Africa and Turkey. Mantou says Syria, with nearly 778,000 refugees, represents the population with the highest global resettlement needs followed by refugees from Afghanistan, the Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan and Myanmar, which has more than 114,000 largely stateless Rohingya. She says the substantial jump in the number of refugees needing resettlement next year is based on several factors humanitarian impacts, the protection impacts of the pandemic, which have exacerbated vulnerabilities, the protracted nature of a number of these refugee situations in which more people are displaced or they're spending longer times in displacement, and also the emergence of new uh, humanitarian crises and displacement situations. Mantu warns resettlement needs will continue to grow in the absence of peace and prospects for the voluntary return of refugees. The UNHCR is appealing for predictable multi-year resettlement commitments from states. It also is calling on states to speed up resettlement processing and departure arrangements so refugees do not have to continue languishing in countries of asylum with no end in sight to their ordeal. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva.
0: The 26th Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting continues in Rwanda's capital Chigali in an interactive business forum Tuesday. Participants discussed ways to expand the wealth of all member countries and not just a few wealthy ones. Eugene Wimana has more details from Rwanda's capital Chigali.
3: The Commonwealth Business Forum brought together government officials, investors, bankers, venture capitalists and business executives. The discussion centered on issues that impede reaching a common future. Dr. Akinuma Medesina is the president of the African Development Bank. He challenges the relevance of the Commonwealth if the economies of small and poor member countries
0: fail to grow. The size of the economy of the Commonwealth will grow. It's about $13 trillion. But the issue is it's concentrated, though. Five countries are the ones that actually control most of those. That's in, that is UK... That is uh, Australia, Canada, Libya, Nigeria and India. Commonwealth, it must be well shared all across. He adds
3: a lot needs to be done and it names the first requirement.
0: So when we talk about a common future, a common future needs good leadership to shape
4: that future.
3: The Secretary-General of the Commonwealth, Patricia Scotland, acknowledges the claim and agrees that there is indeed a gap.
4: There is potentially slower GDP growth or even recession in some economies. Persistent supply chain disruptions, rising inflation, interest rates and debt. Soaring costs from freight to food and energy. And the wider economic repercussions of the war in Ukraine.
3: But she says... The Secretariat is working to bridge the gap.
4: I outlined my vision to put the wealth back into Commonwealth and to put the common back into wealth so that we all could share in a future filled with prosperity. The Director General of WTO and I signed an MOU specifically to enable us to work more trenchantly together to promote trade and equity for all our members. This MOU joins those we have signed with UNCTAD, with ITC, with the UN, with the African Development Bank.
3: Rwandan President Paul says it shouldn't be difficult to uplift all members of the Commonwealth since, among other things, they share a common language. He says they may be going in the right direction but not at the right speed.
5: The pace at which things move uh, needs to be increased uh, and so that we give more value to the Commonwealth and the feelings uh, of the people of the Commonwealth. We seem to very well understand what we need to do. We must do it so that some of the things we are saying don't remain just as slogans and
3: the Commonwealth, an organization of English-speaking countries, is home to one-third of the world's people. Its secretariat estimates that investment flows between Commonwealth countries are on an average of 26% and have almost tripled since 2015. The combined GDP of the Commonwealth countries is now around $13 trillion US trillion and it is expected to reach $19 trillion US trillion in 2027. Participants of the business forum said, however, If a focus is not put on supporting poor member countries, the organization may become just a monument. Ejen Uwimana, for VOA News, Chigali,
0: Rwanda. Ugandan officials say they are overwhelmed by the increasing number of COVID-19 positive cases among refugees from the Democratic Republic of Congo. The authorities say there is not enough available space at the refugee transit center to isolate the positive cases. Catherine Nambi reports from Kampala.
6: On top of security screening, refugees entering Uganda daily are subjected to vigorous health checks for diseases, including Ebola and COVID-19. Although no Ebola cases have been registered at the transit centre where refugees are received before being taken to the settlements, over 300 cases of COVID have been registered in the past week at Nyakabande Transit Centre in Uganda's Kisoro district, Shafiq Sekandi is the resident district commissioner Kisoro and also head of the area's COVID-19 task force.
7: The screening is done almost every day. By end of yesterday, we had 116 asylum seekers in isolation after being tested positive. And uh, over 40 have recovered and they have been discharged. And uh, when we are locating people from the transit centre to go to the settlements, we first test every person to ensure they don't go with COVID.
6: Second, says the authorities are constrained by inadequate space for separating the positive refugees. From others.
7: Because of the increase in the number of the people who are tested positive, all those people are removed from the tents of others and they are put into isolation. The numbers are increasing very fast and the space is not enough because we want people to isolate, social distance and then undergo treatment. So the isolation space is, is not enough. The available space, I think, would be comfortable with the 100. But now the number has gone to 130 and it's still increasing because every day people who report are tested.
6: Uganda is currently recording a surge in the number of COVID-19 cases. There is panic that positive cases among refugees are likely to cause an increase in COVID cases in Kisoro district since some refugees are living within the community. Secondly, says a mass COVID vaccination campaign is to be carried out, targeting both nationals and refugees in the area.
7: This is a a new campaign because in the first round, Kisolo performed well. We got 95, but the second round, the vaccination was at 56%. So we want to ensure that people get the second job and be safer. As you are aware, Congo is under war, so these programs of vaccination are not there. That's why we suspect that this side wave mainly has come along with the There are some seekers and have entered Uganda.
6: Uganda has been receiving an average of 100 refugees daily from the DRC since March when fighting broke out. Over 60,000 refugees are estimated to have entered Uganda, although only half of these have been registered with authorities. This is Catherine Nambi for VON News in Kampala.
0: Activists in Botswana are urging diamond industry leaders meeting in the country this week to broaden the definition of conflict diamonds following top producer Russia's invasion of Ukraine. While the issue is not formal on the agenda, Botswana's Minister of Mines has called for discussion of even uncomfortable diamond industry issues. Makondisa Dube reports from Habarone, Botswana. Bozona's Minister of Mineral Resources, Lefoko
8: Mwahi, says the meeting in the resort town of Kasani needs to candidly discuss issues affecting the diamond industry. He says those include the Kimberley Process, a system that monitors the sale of conflict diamonds, diamonds used to fund armed
2: groups and wars. I am hopeful that this intersessional meeting will employ you to delve into these rough diamond-related matters engage and discuss even the most uncomfortable Kimberley Process issues with the sole objective of ensuring that the Kimberley Process remains fit for purpose in these evolving times, whilst maintaining the original mandate of this entity as espoused in the United Nations General Assembly Resolution Abu Brima is a member of the
8: Kimberley Process Civil Society Coalition, a group which monitors the diamond body. He tells VOA the Kimberley Process is losing its relevance and the coalition made its position known at the meeting.
2: All the rules, all the procedures, all the principles will have to be revised, especially to create a proper agenda for reform and urgently, too. To reform those aspects that are making KP become an impediment to its own, you know, to achievement of its own agenda. One, uh, the whole question of uh, the conflict, you know, diamond definition will have to be opened up and broadened.
8: Russia would have been on the agenda at the Botswana meeting only if there was consensus from all the 85 participating countries. But Prima says such an arrangement no longer serves its purpose and needs to be revisited
2: consensus decision-making process with veto power by any individual country that is not uh, comfortable with any decision also does not uh, help KP to move forward. That needs to be changed.
8: Despite the criticism, Minister Mwahi says the Kimberley process remains relevant to the global
2: diamond trade. Through the KP, in spite of its challenges and known shortcomings, we continue to give our many stakeholders reasonable assurance that as an industry we value peace and security. Moreover, we equally recognize the need to ensure that the rough diamond trade optimally contributes to sustainable
8: development. Russia's continued trade in the stones has come under global scrutiny with concerns Diamond Revenue could be funding the invasion of Ukraine. Mkondi Sidube for VOA News
0: Malawi President Lazarus Shakwera has been speaking to the nation about high level public corruption in the country. The president said in a speech Tuesday night that a report submitted to him by the Malawi Anti-Corruption Bureau has found that one of the leading causes of corruption is the country's procurement system, which he says gives a monopoly to a few companies by inflating prices and bribing government officials. The president revealed that between March 2021 and October 2021, 53 current and former government officials received kickbacks from Mr. Azuneth Sata, whose company was awarded 16 contracts by the government worth $115 million U.S. dollars. Sean Campodeni is the director of communications for President Chakwera. He tells VOS James Butti that the names of the government officials include the current vice president.
9: President Lazarus Chakwera of the Republic of Malawi addressed the nation three weeks ago on the 31st of May following the release of um, a report from uh, a court bail hearing in the united kingdom the court bail hearing was related to the bail conditions of a british citizen and businessman by the name of zunet Sattar. and in the submission of the national crimes agency of the united kingdom they mentioned in that court hearing that uh, mr satar was by the findings of the national crimes agency connected to high ranking officials of the Malawi government, whom he had been influencing and corrupting in order to secure procurement contracts.
5: So, Sean, just reading through the president's speech, it looks to me that the entire government of Malawi received money from this Mr. Sata. And am I right to say that this also allegedly includes the vice president?
9: The findings of the Anti Corruption Bureau is that uh, somewhere between 80 and 85 different public servants received uh, money from Mr. Sata, And on that list, the Anti-Corruption Bureau included the vice president. But the president told the nation that the report from the Anti-Corruption Bureau does not actually say precisely what it is the vice president is said to have done.
5: So, Sean, what action do you think the president is going to take? Or has he already taken action towards some of those people mentioned
9: Yes, the president has taken action. In fact, the purpose of his address today was twofold. And the uh, first objective was to inform the nation what findings the Anti-Corruption Bureau had reported in their submission to the president. The second objective is to pronounce himself with regard to the actions he had decided to take. One of those actions was uh, to do with the suspension of uh, his own chief of staff And uh, the second was uh, the withdrawal of delegated duties from the vice president in order to pave way for further investigations until the anti-corruption bureau feels in a position to substantiate the allegations made up against them as well as to uh, make known the course of action they were going to take.
5: The president cannot fire the vice president, can
9: he? The constitution does not give the president any power to either suspend the vice president from his office or to fire him uh, from his office. And the president specifically addressed that issue by uh, acknowledging to the Malawian people that there is no provision in the constitution for the vice president to be suspended or removed from his office because he holds that office by virtue of the will of the Malawian voters who elected him to be vice president.
5: Will President Shakwara or the Malawi Anti-Corruption Bureau make this report public to the Malawi people?
9: The president has uh, expressed himself uh, regarding the publication of the report. Uh, The Anti-Corruption Bureau had told him through the report that uh, uh, they don't believe that the report should be published or released to the public because it contains the list of 80 or, or 82 or 83 names of individuals that are under investigation and they didn't want the release of the report to prejudice public opinion against individuals on the list in the event that some of them may be found innocent or not to be culpable under the law. Sean, thank
5: you so much again. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much.
9: Thank you, James. It's good to have you back.
0: Sean Campodeni is Director of Communications for Malawian President uh, Lazarus Jaquera. He was speaking from the capital Ilongwe with VOS uh, James Bate. Zambia say they have arrested a Chinese citizen accused of selling exploitative videos of Malawian children. Malawian authorities say they are working to have the man, Lu Ken, return to Malawi, where rights campaigners say he should face justice. Lameka Masina reports from Blantaya Malawi.
10: Immigration officials in Malawi told VOA that their counterparts in Zambia arrested Lu on Monday in the eastern Chipata district. Pasquale Zulu is the spokesperson for the Department of Immigration and Citizenship Services in Central Malawi. We got a report from our colleagues, uh, that's Zambia um, immigration authorities, on Monday, June 20th, that he uh, was found at a lodge in Chipata when he wanted to uh, make some immigration formalities so that it should be in line with the Zambian laws. Last week, Luke Fred, Malawi, where police were searching for him. After BBC investigation found he was recording young villagers in central Malawi and making them say racist things about themselves in the Chinese language, mandarin. In one video, children, some as young as nine years of age, are heard saying in mandarin that they are a black monster and have a low IQ. The BBC reported he was selling the videos at up to 70 US dollars apiece to a Chinese website. The kids performing in the videos were paid about half a dollar each. The news sparked outrage in Malawi. On Tuesday, various rights organizations and learners heard street protests and presented a petition to the Chinese embassy in the capital, Ilongwe. In the petition, the protesters asked the government of China to compensate the children in the videos for being fooled to say words in a foreign language they could not understand comfort Mankwazi is the president of the university of malawi child rights legal clinic which led the protests. she welcomes the arrest
6: because this is one of the
10: things that we
6: were hoping would happen and we're hoping that this arrest will lead to his prosecution in malawian courts in which he will be tried for his actions against our children and indeed lead to him having to
10: pay compensation Pasquale Zulu of the Malawi Immigration Department says the Malawi government is working with the authorities in Zambia to bring the suspect back to Malawi for criminal proceedings. Cooperation is just so good with our colleagues in Zambia. And the, our so input this time around is to get hold of him so that he should come to Malawi to answer charges against him. So we are very, very hopeful that uh, uh, the steps that have been taken so far will bear fruits. There were no official comments from Chinese authorities on the arrest of Lu Qi as of Tuesday. However, Chinese diplomat Wu Peng, who visited Malawi after the incident, said on Twitter last week that China does not tolerate racism. Peng said China has been cracking down on unlawful online acts in recent years and that it will continue crack down on such racial discrimination videos. Lamik Masina for VOA News, Blanta, Malawi. The United
0: Nations World Food Programme in Sudan is warning against looming hunger in the country, with almost a third of the nation's population facing acute food insecurity. WFP officials say conflict, climate shocks, and other factors are pushing millions of people deeper into hunger and poverty. Michael Atit has a story for VOA from Khartoum.
11: A comprehensive food security and vulnerability assessment released by the United Nations World Food Programme this month shows that at least 15 million people in Sudan, one-third of the population, are currently facing acute food insecurity. Speaking to South Sudan in focus in Khartoum, WFP Communication Officer Lenny Kinsley says the already alarming food security situation is likely to worsen throughout the lean season in Sudan, which began this month and will last through September. Kinsley says WFP expects the number may rise to 18 million people or 40% of the population by September.
9: The combined effects of the economic and political crisis, conflict and displacement, climate shocks, including droughts and floods, and a poor harvest in the past agricultural season are among the key drivers of food insecurity in Sudan.
11: Sudan's population is estimated at 40 million people, according to the last census taken in 2008. Kinsley says... Russia's invasion of Ukraine is also driving up food and fuel prices in Sudan, which is dependent on food imports from Ukraine and Russia. The Black Sea ports more than half of the country's wheat imports. Kinsley says their assessment shows that food insecurity exists in all 18 states in Sudan. Earlier this year, international humanitarian groups appealed for more than $1.9 billion to provide assistance and protection to 14.3
0: million people in Sudan this year. That was reporter Mike Atit in Khartoum. And that's it for this edition of Debreak Africa. We thank you for spending this morning with us for more African news and features visit our website at voafrica.com. I'm Douglas Simpoga in Washington, wishing you a very wonderful